Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, coming at you on Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. It is officially my birthday month, Ty, and we are kicking off my birthday month with a movie review. A movie review, I think, is going to be polarizing, because we talked a little bit before the podcast just about our overall thoughts in this movie, and it looks like we may disagree Mm. by a lot, and that always makes for a good podcast. That movie, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, executive produced by Jordan Peele and his production company, Monkey Paw Productions. Um, it is a religious satirical film, Regina Hall, Regina Hall. Did I get that right? Yep. Um, I don't remember the gentleman's Sterling name, but K. I, Brown, I, Sterling K. Brown. I like the stuff he's in. Um, it's going to be an interesting conversation about that film tie with some different points of view. So I'm excited for that. We're going to touch on she Hulk a little bit, not really too much updating in terms of the series as a whole, but a little bit of ridiculous controversy from the last episode. We could touch on that. Um, and overall, it's just going to be probably a little bit of a shorter pod this week. You know, not too much on the docket, but next week's going to be a big week. We have Pinocchio, the Disney Plus uh, straight-to-streaming movie with Tom Hanks. You know, that's a big-budget Disney Plus movie. And we're also going to have the D23 news to talk about. So next week's going to be a bit longer. We'll make up for the bit shorter podcast this week. So mm. I'm still excited for this week. I'm not overlooking my opponent this week, Ty, and that is our discussion about Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Yeah, can't do it. Let's get into the show. percent of the time, it works. Okay, Ty, there is some Interesting controversy about the latest She-Hulk episode. I have some controversy of my own about this episode. Oh. It doesn't really have to do with She-Hulk at all. Okay. Um, other than the fact that we stayed up late uh, Wednesday night, last Wednesday, waiting for the resort to come out. Yeah. I've been talking about the resort and everything. Yep. Um, resort actually, for some reason, released on at 5 a.m. Eastern, so 2 a.m. Pacific. Did you stay up? No, we did not stay up. Uh-huh. But since we were already up, I said, might as well watch She-Hulk, and we watched the episode. So I went into the episode like already kind of feeling a little down in the dumps, like, fuck, I really wanted to watch The Resort right now, which I will say, The Resort final episode, just a classic like kind of murder mystery final episode. Like, You're never going to feel fully satisfied, no matter yeah. what they do. 
That's just the nature of that kind of genre. It's always just like, ah, I wish it was more. Because your brain's running so wild with what it could be. It's kind of like our WandaVision. You yeah. Know? In the moment, we felt disappointed by WandaVision, but the farther and farther away we've gotten from that, it's like, damn, that was a really good fucking show. It's wonderful. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it, w- it was okay. I still recommend watching the show if you haven't already. Eight episodes. Um, just don't go onto the Reddit and read all like the, the fan hypotheses because then you're going to be like, oh, okay, none of that actually ended up happening. Um, <laughs> I'm also doing a fantasy football draft while we're recording this just because yeah. – someone scheduled it for today whatever it is what it is appreciate um, the you have the my craft. undivided attention though yeah no i appreciate your dedication here to where you have other commitments and you're still locked in for the pod i'm on the board i'm on the on the clock in two picks i think i'm gonna go tony pollard for a, a bench running back nice in case zeke gets hurt or should i say when zeke gets hurt because he's fat yeah don't don't draft zeke um the the she hulk controversy though the episode not really too much worth mentioning i don't believe um I don't even remember what happened. Oh, Abomination gets set free pretty much. She wins her case. Mm. Oh, I actually do have something to talk about. This is where my controversy lies. How about them, Marvel, yet again, laying a little... And now they could circle back to this. They just drafted Tony Pollard. They could circle back to this, but, like, we had so much anticipation for Wong and his grand scheme of every... You know, how he plays into this. And he was just like, oh, no, I needed to fight someone because I was training to be Supreme, Sorcerer Supreme, and that was it. Just completely, again, an Easter egg that had zero consequence moving forward. <sighs> Just like, ah, I need a sparring partner. That's it. Despite the fact that it very much seemed like they were in cahoots and he was like, he was like, oh, you're pulling your punches or whatever, like showing him what to do. Uh, no, he just, he just wanted to beat the fuck out of Abomination. Yeah, like why, maybe even just have him say, do the same scene if you want to set up the She-Hulk down the line, whatever. I don't know, maybe just have them say, like, oh, thanks for training me or something. Like, I don't know. I know they don't want to give it away right away, but I feel like it probably would have been better if you just gave it away right away, if that makes any sense, instead of letting people speculate how he could play into this Thunderbolts thing and is he going to be evil and is Doctor Strange going to be good and all this stuff. You know, we had that speculation going into fucking the Doctor Strange movie, and it's just like, no, it was literally pointless. Yeah. (laughs) He was just like, I know I could beat you. I want to fight you, and then I'm going to put you back in jail. Which... I don't know when exactly WandaVision happens and Shang-Chi happens. The timeline's a little muddy with, like, where all this stuff happens. Because he um, probably would have got plenty of fighting in with uh, with Wanda, you know, wrecking havoc. <laughs> is this, are we in phase four now? This is phase four. I don't know. And then we have, obviously, the end scene with Shang-Chi, you know, in the, in the rings, the ten rings from... Uh, and not Shang-Chi, Wong, you know, and they're dissecting the Ten Rings and Bruce is in that and everything. And that'll probably end up being underwhelming as well, knowing how things have kind of gone here recently. If I'm just being honest. Yeah, I I don't know. I was disappointed with it. I also, that entire, like, scene and everything just felt very cheesy. It, well, it's a cheesy. I think it's meant to be cheesy. Just over the top. Like, he switched and everyone just started screaming for no apparent reason. <laughs> Now he's definitely going to turn back into abomination, right? Because they were they made it very clear: if you turn into abomination, you're going to be in trouble, young man. Yeah, no, hundred percent. He's going to say fuck them rules. So who's the villain in this? Do we even know yet? I mean, is there a villain, or is it just a sitcom with no villain? The the titan titania I, chick who's who's in episode one. We have yet to see more of her. Maybe this episode. I think it the villain quote unquote is going to be like that theory I've mentioned before, where it's like. She's representing maybe all of these villains, letting them free through jail cage or whatever it is, and 
you know, then at the end she'll realize what she's doing bad and then it'll set up the thunderbolts and everything yeah. and all that fun stuff. So the villain is uh, masculinity, toxic masculinity. Hey, and rightfully so, man. I mean, this show had one of the most meta com- kind of commentaries on the MCU as a fan base. Yeah. Um, I did. I did like that part of the episode. Just, you know, everyone was like, why is she, you know, it's a woman hero, blah, blah, blah. It was like all the fake MCU people saying, you know, we don't want a, a woman hero. Why are all these heroes women now? Blah, all this bullshit. Um, and then it's funny because it circles all the way back to the post credit scene of the quote-unquote controversy of her twerking with Megan Thee Stallion. Um, yeah. And people not being happy about it. Now, I will say it was cringy. Like, oh, 100%. Like, <laughs> I was watching it, and I was just like, okay, this is cringy. Like, this is cringe, but I don't fucking care. Like, you know, they had fucking – you know what was worse than this? When fucking Hulk dabbed. How about yeah. that? It was just as that cringe. That was way worse. But, I mean, just as cringe, but just also way worse. Yeah. I, I just <laughs> – the worst part about that scene was the god awful CGI. It remains. Yeah, they couldn't at least even made her like twerk good. No, like it was like some fucking bad twerking. She looks like a fucking Fortnite character. That's not good. That's it exactly like a Fortnite dance. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the character though. The character in the comics is like this, you know, and blurs the lines and breaks the fourth wall, and you know, girl power, all that stuff, and that's great. You know, this is goes into her character, and I'm fine with it. Like it's. It, Anyone that's upset about it, A, you probably don't even like Marvel, and B, you know, you're just – if you dislike it, like, why? Like, it wasn't in the fucking show. It was literally in the post-credits. It doesn't really affect anything. And, like, it's fucking get over yourself. It's made up superhero comic book. This isn't a serious Oscar-winning movie. This, no. This is superheroes and comic books. All this stuff is supposed to be fun and dumb and intersect with pop culture, and that's what this is doing. And it's just people get mad about it. This part of her character. Now, Hulk dabbing, that is not part of his character. That's why that was worse. Because that broke, you know, the good Hulk we had going on. Now he's just a pansy. That was the moment. Yeah. That was actually, that's when it was revealed he's Professor Hulk and everything's just been downhill from there when he dabbed. I would argue maybe everything's uphill from here for She-Hulk. This is the moment where she comes into her true self. I would argue too. Now, there's even more Hulk theories that I've been watching and one of them is that he's going to go to Sakaar, handle his business, and he's going to get super old because, you know, time on Sakaar works different, blah, blah, blah. Oh. He's gonna come, and he's going to come back as Maestro and be evil. Fuck yeah. And that's how they'll kind of, quote, unquote, get rid of this version of Hulk. Because Mark Ruffalo is going to have to be done eventually, right? Like, he's not going to do this forever. Yeah, he seems to be having a good time with it. Yeah. But who knows how long he's going to do it for. I don't hate that. We'll see. I like the sun theory. I want to know what's going yeah. on there. They also made the very, very fourth wall breaking. This isn't a cameo type TV yeah. show. Yeah. We've gotten three for three so far, and we know Daredevil's a lock, which has given us a fourth. Which makes me feel like it's just going to be cameo every episode. Yeah, I think it is. And that was just a meta joke about what's about to happen. So Yeah. Who do we get this week? Well, the listeners have probably already seen it. I'm going to predict, Um, I don't know. God, what a terrible prediction. I don't I don't know. who Who is there to predict? I would. I would just said Daredevil. Okay, Daredevil. That's my pick. It looks like Daredevil and her are gonna fight, though. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't know. There was. Uh, I there's a bunch of like rumors and leaks about D twenty three. What they're gonna reveal. What they're not gonna reveal. I think we can just wait until they actually do or don't. Um, when that you know bridge, we can cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. I will say they did release like twelve minutes of new footage on Spider Man No Way Home. The more fun version. Um, yeah. I don't know if any of it was like super consequential. There was the scene with uh, his brother, Tom Holland's brother. Yeah. Actually got added in where he robs something and then he's hanging upside down in front of the pizza place. Yep. Yep. Zero consequence, but <laughs> they added it. I know there was like a scene of Daredevil with Happy Hogan in the courtroom. 
Um, and then there was like a scene of the Spider-Man talking and like exchanging numbers or blah blah blah. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see where we'll see how that. I'm I'm 100 sure it's zero consequence to any of those scenes. They were very much just for uh, more box office money. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm fine not, with it. You're not wrong, Ty. Um, yeah, nothing else really. MCU kind of a slow slow week. You know, it's the calm before the storm. Next, not even just MCU, but just. There's a lot of shit that's going to be released this weekend. Starts on Friday, um, goes through the weekend, obviously. So yeah. there's going to be a lot to talk I, about. So. I, I didn't bring this up ahead of time, but um, in a few weeks, we'll be reviewing the movie Don't Worry, Darling. Um, mm, have you yes. seen all the drama going on with this? I have, and I still don't understand it. I know there's like beef in between Florence Pugh and freaking Shia LaBeouf and Olivia Wilde. And then yeah. for some reason, everyone thinks Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine and would that would just be a wild move it's incredible and i'm all for building the drama there's just no chance he actually intentionally spit on the man though yeah i don't there's no way he no way it's been incredible watching all of this unfold though yeah and the movie itself has like a 30 something percent in rotten tomatoes so aggressively it's not a very disappointing good movie. very disappointing for a movie that seemed like it could have been very good yeah but harry styles can't act that's why yeah they released the clip of him and it's like 20 second clip of him like trying to be emotional yeah, I saw. And it's just terrible. And then even at the presser, uh, the, like the, the press junket thing, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I view myself as an amateur actor. And it's like, yeah, so does everyone else. <laughs> You're fucking terrible. You were not alone, Mr. Styles. You were not alone. Um, do you want to get into Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, Ty? Let's, uh, let's talk about it, Jay. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Proud First Lady of a Southern Baptist megachurch, Trinity Childs, carries an immense responsibility on her shoulders. After a scandal involving her husband, the church is forced to temporarily close, leaving Trinity struggling to manage the aftermath. Now, she and her spouse must rebuild their congregation and reconcile their faith by all means necessary to make the biggest comeback that commodified religion has ever seen. Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Yeah, based on the 2008 short film, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Which you told me is just like 15 minutes of like the climax of this movie pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. They just put a whole lot of other stuff around that short and paid more well-known actors. Yep. Yep. Damn it, Ty. I'm doing my draft and uh the guy I was going to pick just got selected. I guess I'll take this guy then. Um yeah, so this movie is uh polarizing. It's got a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes critics. It's got a yep. 26% audience score. Um a lot of people went and saw it on $3 movie Whatever day that was last week, I know I saw there was a lot of people at Civic, and there wasn't much in the movie, so I'm sure some people were watching this. Um, And that's not a surprise to me, because 
this movie, and I know you didn't like. I'm surprised, surprised. I'm surprised you didn't at least appreciate it, though. You know, you with your movie tastes and what I thought was an elevated IQ, but I was incorrect. Um, <laughs> no, I thought you would appreciate this movie for what it was, but I, I definitely understand why the common man, common folk. I don't even want. I'm not like trying to talk down, but like why just a you know. Most people wouldn't enjoy this film. A, it's just shitting on organized religion the whole time. So there's obviously going to be yeah. people that don't no, like it. No, that's for that that's reason. where I had my problem. Um, and B, like it is a little dry. It is a little you know slow. And like if you're not really picking up on the meta comedy the whole time, or you don't find it enjoyable, like it just kind of feels like a pointless movie. Now, for full transparency's sake, like I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy like religious satire and kind of like dissecting things like this and kind of the hypocritical nature of, you know, organized religion, you know, with pastors. And like you said, what's Joel Osteen is top five worst person in mankind history with Hitler Hitler. (laughs) and Um, uh, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. So (laughs) I don't know. I I think I appreciated it for what it was. Now I'm, I'm again, I'm shocked you, you gave this a really bad score because I know it's probably going to be very, very bad. Yeah. It's, it's look, I'm, I'm all for dry, meta comedy and and slow you know slow story that you know just kind of sprinkles in shit throughout this movie was flat out fucking boring okay yeah i can i'm like there nothing happened it very much after realizing that this was based on a short film around the climax that makes so much sense that they just spent an hour putting filler around something that was already created yeah yeah i mean i understand that sentiment i i think not a lot happened, so to say, I guess. But at the same time, like, I don't think a lot really needed. I don't know. It, is, it didn't feel like a movie. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, like, at it, all. It felt like something else. But, like, never in my per- my time watching it personally was I, like, thought it dragged or was like, damn, this is getting boring, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I just – this felt like a movie, no bullshit, that I would watch and like, I took some, like, religious – history classes and stuff in college and whatnot this feels like a movie they would assign to like a college student it really does maybe sure i don't know my thing with this is like it's just very boring and there's no stakes like the whole thing is it's a mockumentary um it's it's obviously acting and everything but they're creating a documentary about this fake family or fake couple who's in charge of a mega church and typically in documentaries like there's stakes and the climax actually has emotion and shit and like this is there's a climax there isn't really any twist there isn't any big reveals it's just kind of like hey this is what happened and you kind of catch on to that fairly early on and the hippo you know the, the hypocritical nature of it all um and that's just kind of it and then you just kind of follow them while events happen yeah sure there's commentary on religion and shit throughout um Victoria misheard one of the religious quotes mm-hmm. um, and looked it up, and it was, like, something completely random. Like, I, I, for example, she was like, oh, all things are possible through Jesus. That's whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she looked up the wrong quote, and it was fucking hilarious because I thought they quoted a random Bible verse that was, like, pass me the bread. <laughs> and I thought that would be so funny, and it, it wasn't that, um, <laughs> which was a letdown. But yeah. I, I just, like, there was commentary and shit throughout, sure. I, I appreciated the the style of the documentary and cutting back and forth and when it's, you know, real life and when it's through the camera crew's um, eyes, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it was boring as all shit. And that's why I said it it felt like a movie you would get assigned. 
Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's a fair representation <sighs> of this. Now, Ty, I'll tell you this right off the bat: like, this is a, a pretty decent score. I wouldn't say it's like a really good score, um, but it's a pretty decent score. And if I had to give this, you know, I know you're just gonna weigh it down, so our consensus score would not be this way but if i had to give it a fresh or a rotten i would have given it a fresh i'll tell you that much i am in the 72 percent. you're with the critics i am you're not with the people who have given it a 26 percent on over 500 ratings well i'm an aspiring critic not an aspiring movie fan so that's what i am right now just a movie fan i like to think that we fall somewhere uh within the lines there jay and we're in between now i'm a little upset because armin white has not reviewed this Mm. which would have been great but He's giving it a fresh, I think. No, he's religious, man. Yeah, but I think that's where he, he zigs when you expect him to zag. Oh. Okay. You, you haven't caught on to his ways yet. <laughs> Man's still eluding you. Um, I don't know. Let's jump into it, Ty. Yeah, Plot get- slash story. What did you give it? Why did you give it a five? Mm, close six. <laughs> Nothing happens. Like, for real. Like, it starts off and you follow this guy around and it's very, you know, you see that it got shut down and they don't really say why. And then it progresses and you figure out, oh, it's because he was having uh, gay sex with relations with underaged. Well, I don't know if it was It was like 18-year-old males. Um, grooming. That's the... Yeah, 100%. And... Then that scandal got released or there was talks of it being released. So they shut down the church and then they had to come to a settlement and everything. And they're trying to open this back up. Yeah. The scandals kind of revealed fairly early on. And then you kind of see that there's cracks in the relationship fairly early on. And then you kind of just follow them until the climax where one of the people who settled confronts the head pastor. Mm-hmm. And there's some, some drama involved there and, then it's over. And then no one shows up to their uh, opening day. Service. Well, yeah. Sorry, like four people show up to their opening service. Very few. Very few people. The one guy did show up in the parking lot to do burnout. <laughs> that he did. Um, look, I still didn't give this a very high. Gosh, my eyes are so itchy. I still didn't give this a very high score in the plot slash story. I gave it a nine. It's single digits, upside down six. Um, yeah, I, I, not a lot, quote unquote, happens. But I, I don't think this is the type of movie where it needs to be like overly complicated plot and everything. I think it's more so just like, like a mockumentary. It's supposed to kind of resemble real life. And it's just the subtleties of, you know, you kind of different ways that they're kind of, you know, commentating on the, um, the hypocritical nature or whatever of organized religion, all that stuff. Um, and how they, they kind of do move it along slowly. And there's like subtle hints, like, yeah, there was a, they, you knew it was like sexual assault allegations or whatever the correct terminology there is. But like, you didn't know that it was, um, you know, with young men until later in the film. But they left subtle cues in there. You know, there was the the scene of him preaching and you know saying how homosexuals are threatening the institution of marriage. And then there was the sex scene, which at first glance might not seem like it meant anything, but it was actually kind of a teaser because like they start doing it and then he tries like putting it in her butt. You know what I mean? And like kind of dominating her. And she's like, "Oh, can we do it the normal way?" And then he can't do it. So then he, she just blows him off. So that was kind of like a little subtle cue, like, "Oh, he's." kind of like dominating and you know all that kind of stuff um you know and then you find out you know you have like that one scene with the cameraman where he's kind of like offering him a job and everything and like you know still doing the same shit even though yeah he's gotten in trouble and stuff so. aggressively not learning from his actions um yeah not a lot happens and not you know it's not that kind of film 
so it's hard to give it anything double digits. But I thought for you know what it needed to do, I, I thought it was like, I don't know, I I, I didn't mind it. Yeah, I, again, I don't think you need to do a lot in documentaries or, or even mockumentaries because you know making fun yeah. of a documentary, that's fine. I I just think that in a good documentary, in a good mockumentary, there is some underlying um, story that has some sort of twist that. If this was a regular documentary, this would be a shit documentary. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think in a, anything good like a mockumentary, if it's real life, if it's based on real life, you want a good story to be told that you can then... I don't think it would have been a shit documentary if it was just following these people's lives. Oh, that's such a fucking bad documentary. I don't think so. If this isn't one of those ones where they edit it and it goes on TV and it's like people talking about it. If it was more just fly-on-the-wall style documentary... I think this would be really compelling to see real people act like this and everything. I think it would be very compelling. Really? Yeah. I mean, real documentaries aren't like The Office where it's like funny and people are, you know what I mean? Like if this was a a fly in the wall, like not a commentary based where, you know, you're having experts come in and, you know, and Spin Zone, like we didn't see, quote unquote, the finished version. You know, like there was some interviews with other people that they showed in this, but we in theory just saw the raw footage of it or whatever. But. I think a a, doc, a documentary on Joel Olstein of this manner where he's just, you know, being so hypocritical and not realizing it the whole time and, like, the irony of that, I think it would be good. Okay. I, I just – I feel like I need more out of the story for a documentary. It's going to be subtle. It's going to be more realistic. Yeah. But the climax and the buildup and everything should have a better through line than this is kind of – we're just following these people around and then an event happens. And maybe we tease it a little bit before, but it's just it left more to be desired, million percent. And that's fine. I mean, I only gave it a nine. Yeah, you're only three points higher. It's yeah. still not great. Yeah. What did you give it cinematography though, Jay? I gave it. This is where I need like a what you call it, whatever that word is that I rubric a rubric. I gave it a thirteen. I feel like. It could have been a little higher, but I was kind of going off my I didn't use visual effects, so minus five, even though that might not be totally fair. But I did really like the style of going back and forth between, like, the documentary and it being three-fourths rate or four-thirds ratio, whatever ratio it is. I don't – I took a film class, and I still don't know the shit. Um, <laughs> and then it would transition to the fucking widescreen, you yeah. know, when they weren't – and there was, like, some artistic style shots in those widescreen moments where it was the movie and it wasn't the documentary. Nothing crazy, you know, but just, like – some decent framing and, you know, like every nothing looked bad. I think it was a very practical film movie. It wasn't like I don't think they used blue screen very much or anything, um, you know, and I, I thought I didn't have any problem with like the, the lighting or the music or anything. And I thought it was like a well shot. You know, you could tell they put thought into the shots and how, you know, the stuff was nothing blew me away, but just show a little bit of effort and don't be like the movie we watched last week. Me time. And that's all I need. <laughs> That's fair. I doubled up the cinematography score from last week on Me Time. I, I gave it a fourteen. I'm one point <laughs> higher than you. Um, I, I I do agree. I do like how it went back and forth. There wasn't anything that blew me away to put it in the upper tier. Yeah. But I do think they did a lot of stylistic things. The way that they chose to shoot everything as a documentary, and then when they cut the cameras, you get that movie type uh, aspect ratio and everything. And and it changed. Like you can tell that it was more shot like a film would be as opposed to how a camera crew would shoot a documentary mm-hmm. uh, in those scenes. I, I think it looked good. I think what they did with the framing and everything, the music, 
I think that was good. I think it was good for this type of film. Not great, but good. Fair. I, there's a there's kind of a ceiling on this. No, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Like there's no way that this type of film gets a 20. <sighs> I don't know, Nomadland. Nah. Oh, that's an interesting movie to compare this to, Nomadland. Yeah, didn't like Nomadland either. I didn't either, but I still feel like I gave it a respectful score. I don't remember. And now we are both looking Nomadland. I finished on a 76. You gave it a 78. Fairly respectable for an Oscar winner. Well, this winner. didn't get that high, so. <laughs> um, but it's still, you know, fresh. Um, <laughs> key elements tie. Now, this is this is the difference. Oh, so you went low, low? I, I mean, I just based on what everything's saying, like what you're saying, this feels like we're, we draw a line, I guess. Where we split? I could, I could see how very many people would give this a low score because it's branded as a comedy, and no, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm just going to lie and say I'm busy. Um, it's branded as a comedy. And you I just think, put that on tape. I think a lot of people went into this expecting Jordan Peele's attached. You know what I mean? And like some, a lot of people probably went into it expecting almost like an over-the-top like satire where like kind of like a Borat but not to that level but like where yeah. these characters are like very very over the top it's a very dry style of humor and there's not much in it that makes you like laugh like there wasn't maybe I could count one to three you know times I don't even remember where like I actually laughed out loud where it's like it's almost the entire idea of it excuse me is the humor and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed how they highlighted the hip- hypocritical nature of these characters and of, you know, real life situations and like the different ways they did it and the subtleties they did it. You know, whether it's the lavish clothing and the hats or it's the fucking singing the rap music, you know, that's, you know, talking about like shooting people and everything. And that's then- probably one of my the favorite <laughs> scenes that I laughed at. Um, I did. Yeah, I laughed at that. And then they go and they preach. And then the scene where they're practicing their fucking um, their sermon and the little girl's all getting into it, and she's like, I just like the theater. You know, yeah. like, she doesn't care. <laughs> and then they baptize them, and their whole setting up that scene where it's, like, a real thing. And then they're, like, start arguing about whether amen or amen. And then they're like, okay, take it back from the top. Like, just the way, like, all these different scenes kind of had a purpose in either showcasing that hypocritical nature or kind of moving forward kind of the, the dynamic of the relationship. I, I enjoyed it. Now, I wish it would have been a little bit more funny. I wouldn't have mind a little bit more over the top Jordan Peele esque, but that's not what they were going for. I gave it a sixteen at the end of the day, though. I, I enjoyed this aspect of the film and that dynamic of it. Now, for as much shit as I'm talking about it and everything, I think I thought you were going to be very, very high on that. <laughs> um, so maybe not as much of a line drawn here. I'm at an eleven. Okay. I think it is a mockumentary. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a good one. I don't think it's necessarily a bad one. There's a lot of dry humor and everything that, like you said, you can pick up on, and and there's a lot of it. Um, not a lot of laugh out loud, but a lot of real subtlety to it mm-hmm. that works. But I think the the overall thing is there isn't like any really dramatic emotional shit that connects, yeah, because of the story. And with it being that type of film where it's either that or the comedy, and the comedy's fairly subtle throughout, maybe a chuckle here or there. But, but not a lot of it. Like, it just kind of lands somewhere in the middle. It's almost like not even a comedy, though. That's where it's, like, almost yeah. it's misbranded. But it's not a comedy, but then you still have the scenes of them in the car singing the rap music. Like, that's well, very much a, action a movie, comedy like scene. And there's comedy in there. doesn't mean it's comedy. 
I it just that kind of scene <laughs> goes in a comedy. Yeah. It doesn't go in a, a satire or I don't even know satire. I don't even know satire. You got the word right. <sighs> I'm taking a look here and I'm looking at uh, different like subtle mockumentaries uh-huh. that do it very well. What we do in the shadows, our boy Taika, wonderful. Yeah, but that's not really a what, like I don't know what that's satire on. No, 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 for sure. Yeah, but it's like a mockumentary uh, on what we do in the shadows. You know what I think my favorite mockumentary is? What? Surfs up. <laughs> I just looked it up and it popped up. I'm like, that is a mockumentary. That's fucking fantastic. What a great film. So I looked up a satire movie, and I think there's a very comparable movie that we just recently reviewed. And I don't know what I gave this film, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to say it on the podcast. I wouldn't be surprised if they have similar scores here, Ty. They have similar scores. That's a film Don't Look Up, where that film was very, not mockumentary, but very satire, in-your-fucking-face satire. Almost how this also was. Maybe not as in-your-face. Now, Don't Look Up, what gave it a benefit to that was it actually had, you know, it was a fictional story, you know, and that helped it in that regard. But, like, the satirical nature of it and, like, kind of the the commentary on – um. You know, that that was global warming and everything, but real life things like it's a little bit similar to this. And, you know, then you have movies like um, Borat, which is also satire on real life. But that's also fucking hilarious. So that, that benefits <laughs> from that regard. Yeah, I think Don't Look Up is comparable in, in the themes and what they are trying to achieve. I think across all five categories, Don't Look Up does better. Um, I can't confirm nor deny that because I, I don't know right now, but. I'm looking and it's... I can confirm. I mean, go back and listen to it. I gave Don't Look Up a better score in every single category. So I'm looking right now. <coughs> Don't Look Up. It just doesn't have, like, it, it's... it's On my scores, it's very similar. It's very, very similar. And the final score is very, very similar. So it's easy to say, see the difference. Um, or, like, the, the very subtle difference. So yeah. I, I feel like that was a good comparison by me. Characters, Ty, I feel like you're not going to like this as much. Um... I, I really liked the performances of these two characters, and I really like the dad. Um, Sterling K. Brown? He's not a dad, but... The husband. I, I say that because he played the dad in that Waves movie I've talked about before, which is, like, one of the weirdest movies ever, where, like, the first half of the movie was really good, but then the second half was kind of weird, and it's, like, kind of a movie like this where I feel like all the critics love it, but then, like, the average person might not like it as much. Um, still recommend watching it if you're interested and you have a, a means to watch it, but he plays the father in that Um and I think kind of the quote-unquote story, the biggest story they had, and it's not necessarily a, like a plot, so I, that's why I didn't put it in the plot category, but was kind of this um, character, not development, but kind of introspection on the first lady character and kind of like what that place – and like I think you could like write an article on this. I'm sure people already have. Um, and like kind of what her place is and all this in real life as well is like you have this pastor who's – done you know illegal things and well they were of age but still like fucked up things and he hurts the business and he gets all the glitz and glamour and she's just as ridiculous with her religion and sticking by his side and everything but like you kind of see her pressures as she's the one kind of picking up these pieces while he's still you know delusional and all this stuff and then it comes to that climax where she kind of snaps um snaps at him snaps at the film crew all that stuff i think you know there's an interesting like kind of character um study i guess on that and kind of comparing it to to real world uh first ladies in the religious church and everything yeah um and i thought regina hall did a very had a very good performance in that and i thought 
I thought everyone just pulled off kind of the the dry humor, satirical nature, not humor, but kind of played these characters like they were real people. Never once did I feel like like as ridiculous as some of the things they were doing were. Never once was I like, oh, this person's acting. Like it, I think you could have passed all these people off as real people, in my opinion. All that being said, I gave it. I don't even remember. Hold on. <laughs> I gave it a fifteen. Okay. Yes. You said uh, you thought I wouldn't like it as much. Yeah. Uh, on the per- I'm, I'm one point lower. Oh, 14. okay. Okay. I agree. I think the performances were were good. I like Sterling K. Brown and I really like Regina Hall. I, I think they can both give good performances. Uh, Sterling K. Brown, fantastic in The People versus OJ. Never seen it. Um, it's about OJ. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's a very like that's a very subtle role in this or in that compared to this to where he's such an outspoken kind of the fucking center of attention and needs to be the center of attention 24 7 in this performance but again it's very it's done in a way that keeps everything realistic for that documentary aspect mm-hmm. i think Regina Hall did give a good performance. I, I also think there was some things that uh, kind of felt forced at times. Okay. But I, I, the supporting cast and everything was fine. There was nothing that blew me away. I, again, I think for the acting part of it, kind of like Nomadland where we talked about it, and it's yeah. like if it just feels realistic, like – Well, Nomadland that- was interesting because I think they actually did use real people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was like a fictional story arc – with an Using actress. real people. It was Kinda weird. Like Borat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Borat should have won Best Picture that year. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, but I, I think that they did do a good job of keeping it at a level where there was emotion and there was real emotion mm-hmm. rather than, you know, on-screen fictional over-the-top type shit. Now, this is something I noticed during the movie, and I want to get your take on this. Yeah. Does Sterling K. Brown kind of look like – and this is just – it's funny. The only reason I thought of this is because they are connected, these two actors. He kind of looks like if you mashed Will Smith and Chris Rock's face together. I, I've, I'm looking at stills of Chris Rock, and he's got like a similar – like like his eyes are closer together like Chris Rock, but then he has like the head shape of Will Smith. 100% see the Chris Rock in there. And I think I think if you like – if you put your thumb over the center of his face, that's Will Smith. That's what I'm if saying. You he put has Will your, Smith's head. But if you wrap your hand around like the outside of his face and you don't look at the head, that's Chris Rock. There we go. He needs to be the mediator. He's the one who's going to solve their beef. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he did play a lawyer in The People vs. OJ. I, I, just, <laughs> I need to bring that up again. This feels important now. He's also fucking ripped. Like, there's a scene just in that- incredibly jacked. And he's like 50. There's a scene in that Waves movie where he's working out with his son. So his son is like a football player or something. His dad is like super strict, like good grades, football, working out, all this stuff. And then the son eventually does something really fucked up. And that's kind of like the story of like the the internal pressures of family and everything, blah, 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 all that stuff. But there's a scene of them like working out together. And he's just fucking pumping iron, dude, with like either a, a, um, a tank top on or shirtless. I don't remember, but. That's where I remembered he was in Waves was when he took his shirt off in this. And I was like, I've seen those muscles before. <laughs> you're like, that's who that is. I remember now. <laughs> no, I mean, he takes his shirt off and you're just like, what the fuck, dude? He could have played a superhero. He probably still could. There's sh- plenty of roles to go around. There's not that many people in the world who are just that, like, walking around in that good of shape. Yeah. Because this isn't a role you get jacked for. Like, that's no. just how jacked he is. Yeah. You use that. You capitalize on that. Yeah. 
I also want to give credit, like, I thought he did really good in the scenes where he was preaching and where he had to play that exuberant pastor. Yeah. I thought he realistically, like, again, because there's a fine line where you do it, it seems unrealistic, over the top, where he, he hit the over-the-top nature while, while staying realistic, if that yeah. makes sense. I think that person in real life is the most, like, over-the-top person you can be while still being realistic. Like, yeah. And excited. I don't. I don't know the well, word. Well, it's a performance. But it's a exactly. Performance by it's these performative. Pastors, so. It's performative speech and everything, and so there naturally is that over the top level to it. But he does very good in the subtle slow moments, but also very good in the over the top fucking full of energy moments. I just realized we're dumb as fuck. Uh, he was in Black Panther. <laughs> He's been in a superhero movie. He played Injobu. Who I can't tell you off the top of my head. That's like a that's like a low level character. They could recast him. They've done a million that with percent. Like he's in it, but he's not in it. At oh, all. he's he's the, the brother. He's the yeah. fucking brother at the beginning, isn't he? Yeah. Yep. As soon as you said it. Yep. Yeah. No. See that we can forget about that. What a waste. Yeah. What a waste of a great actor who's in great shape to have him be a one off, get murdered at the beginning of a movie character. Yeah, he got his paycheck. Nah, fuck that. He could have collected a lot more. <laughs> could have collected a significant amount more. Maybe he'll be in uh, a DC movie. Um, Maybe we get him playing an alien or something. Okay. Part of Guardians. Okay. That way he can still be in, but his face looks a little different. There you go. We can make that well, work. Well, they did that with the one Eternals girl. She was in fucking whatever she was in, and then she was she was in Captain Marvel, then she was in Eternals. Who? Uh, what's her name? I don't fucking remember. I didn't know there was a double cast there. Yeah, because she's like wearing like the blue green face paint or whatever the hell it is in Captain Marvel. And is it Gemma Chan? Um, like the main one? I think so. Yeah, no. yeah. She plays Cersei and she plays Min Irva in Captain Marvel. I'll be goddamned. So they recast her as in a big role. Love, I love that. Set that precedent for Sterling K. Brown because <laughs> we need more of this man. He's fantastic. I agree, Ty. Enjoyment. Now, this is probably going to be the biggest difference. I mean, we've only actually been different by like five points in every category or less. Yeah, no, I found out where the difference is. And I guess looking at my score, that probably should have made sense. Look, I I didn't like – like I'm not sitting here clamoring to rewatch this film. I don't think I ever will. I'm not going to recommend this to very many people because it's a very niche thing. I thought as a one-time watch, I enjoyed it and I enjoyed myself and I didn't – ever feel like it dragged I, I you know i if they made another kind of if jordan peele made another monkey paw productions made another mockumentary like this about a different aspect you know different type of person in society i would watch it even if it was the exact same kind of movie i gave it a 13 it is it has a low ceiling because of the type of film it is but i i, I didn't dislike it i did like it but i i'm still capped at a 13 oh brother let me tell you, Jay, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum from you. I didn't <laughs> well, I'm like, like this. I'm almost in the middle. Whatever. I didn't like this film. Uh, I, I would not recommend it. I didn't have a good time watching it. I didn't feel like I learned anything. I feel like I watched a very average film with a bad story. Mm-hmm. Good good performance. Uh, I give it a six. Okay. It gets the exact same score as me time. <laughs> For enjoyment, at least. Wow. I, uh, I I did not enjoy what they put on screen. I can say it. And that's upsetting. And I wish that I liked it more, but I, I just did not. Wow. Okay. 
What'd you give it for your final score here, Jay? Final score is uh, two points lower than uh, Don't Look Up, which got a 68, which puts this at a 66 out of 100 tie. Oof, Barely edging over into within the lines to get a fresh score. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm fairly low. I'm at a 51 out of 100, significantly below the line. Would not give this a fresh. I thought you were going to be in like the 30s, 40s, I'll be honest. Yeah, it's, it's good performances. You can't can't sure. hide that. Okay. Someone they did great with dog shit um, script to work with. <laughs> Final score of fifty eight and a half, putting it at a one hundred and eleventh out of a hundred and forty seven films that we have reviewed. It is around the likes of the Little Things. What movie okay. is that? I don't remember that movie. I just like to say my fantasy draft wrapped up, and I'm projected to get the most points in week one. So. Love that. Oh, it's the fucking Denzel Washington movie I forgot about before also. <laughs> I, I just let you go down that rabbit hole. That's such a forgettable movie. <laughs> uh, the Little Things, it is uh, one point higher than F9, The Fast Saga. <laughs> we have The Atom Project, The Matrix Resurrection, and Hubie Halloween below it. Uh, the Prom, Uncharted, Venom, G.I. Joe, uh, Snake Eyes. Mm-hmm. Said that out of order. They get it. It's just... it's It's... I liked it, but in terms of our overall consensus, it's uh, whatever movie. Yeah. It's very middle of the road. Not great. I'm upset with how it turned out. And let me tell you, Jay, I don't think next week – we're kind of on a roll here. So I gave The Incredible Hulk 51. Mm-hmm. Uh, consensus, we gave it somewhere around there. I don't mm-hmm. really remember. Um, we then followed that up with Me Time. Yeah. Dog shit score. Mm-hmm. This movie, you barely gave it fresh, but not by a lot. Yeah. Consensus, it wasn't. Next week, we have Pinocchio. Yeah, we do. Early, early... Uh, no reviews yet on Rotten Tomatoes, so... Early commentary on it, and a lot of people talking about it and everything, is that it uh, it's not good. Can you point to the good live-action movie they've made? Nope. Beauty and the Beast was okay. Beauty and the Beast. Aladdin kind of... Eh, Lion King dog shit. Not, also, not live-action. Just better animated. Yeah. Action. But I will say, I've never seen Pinocchio. So I'm coming in with a fresh mind. Like, never at all? Do you know the story? I know he's a a little puppet, and he wants to be a boy, and... Oh, Jay Cruella. Yeah, Cruella's actually fucking... Cruella's one of the most, like... Surprising. Surprisingly good movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Um... This little boy wants to become real. The the godmother makes him real, and I know he gets eaten by a whale at one point. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what role Jimmy Does Cricket he? plays. Now that you're saying that, I don't, I don't think I know Pinocchio that well either. The Pinocchio ride at Disneyland was my nightmare as a child because the whale would always pop up around the corner, and it would make me cry. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was a pussy. You got jump scared by a whale, like the largest creature on earth. And that's why surprised I surprised you. And that's why I don't. It comes up out of nowhere, man. And that's why I don't watch scary movies. Um, before I give you your, yeah. But to finish your point, yeah, might be a, a stretch of bad movies yet again. But we'll have a lot of D twenty three to talk about. So that's all that matters. That'll help. That'll help a lot. Real Disney heavy podcast next week. I mean, we're Marvel, so that's already Disney heavy as is. Yeah. Uh, my fantasy lineup for those wondering: I got Justin Herbert, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, C.D. Lamb, Keenan Allen, Dallas Goddard, Hunter Renfro, Saints defense, and Matt Gay. Love the Saints defense there. Wish I could have got him. Bench doesn't matter. I'm not going to bore people with that. Random. <laughs> we're running a little short today, as promised, but that's okay. Random Rotten Tomatoes review, Ty. Well, what? To review, okay. 
Yes. Yeah, so I thought you went back to your old ways. I was no. like, what are we doing here? No. So this is a uh, this is a. Should I tell you if it's fresh or rotten? I mean, I, I kind of. You've already said that you lay the groundwork. You're going to give me some hints to get me in the right direction. However, you want to go about this. Well, it's it's kind of obvious what it is. I lost it. Where'd it go? There's a very specific. You lost the review you wanted to use for the podcast, and now I'm having to talk and explain what happened to give you time to find that review so it isn't dead space on ah, the podcast. Shit. This review's more revealing. Oh no! Than I thought, so I Let's can't go. Say with that the name one. of the film or an actor. No, but it's very. Um, it's it's very. Just save that. I want you to read it after I guess. That way I can know, um, you know, where we're at with this. I just, again, week two, I kind of got a feel after week one. This is still just learning for me. This is learning, getting, you know, an insight into how your mind works and how I'm going to succeed at this moving forward. Um, sometimes you got to you gotta take L's. You learn from the losses. You don't learn, okay, learn from Okay, I got it. I got it. I wasn't listening to a word you said. <laughs> That's fine. I, was, I just didn't want dead space. You seem focused. Okay, so this is a fresh review. And the review. And now they say the name of the film. I'm going to just say blank. Okay. Um, and this, it, uh, like I said, it's, I want the reviews to have a hint. That way you have a line of thinking. Yeah. Like many of Will Ferrell's recent films, blank finds the sweet spot between melodrama and parody and hammers it for 90 diverting minutes. Now, is this a film that you're sure I've seen? Yes, 100%. Because I know he had that one film with uh, You've seen this. the one chick, and they're at the, the snow resort. Okay, but break down the – like many of his recent films. Yeah. He hasn't done a lot of recent films recently. I don't know why oh, I'm helping like, you, but – Yeah, that makes sense. Blank it's finds there. the sweet spot between melodrama and parody and hammers it – speaking of parody – and hammers it for 90 diverting minutes. Step Brothers, not that. Not parody, not melodrama. Okay. Um, that's a lot. Anchorman is very much on the radar here. Yeah, but Anchorman was kind of his first, so it's it's yeah, it's not like many of his recent films. Going outside of that, I mean, he did things and like this is a New York Times, by the way. Sorry, I should have. Okay, so East Coast, top, East Coast, top bias. critic. Yeah. Oh fuck! Other Will Ferrell movies. I, I'm thinking maybe, maybe uh, the other guys. Okay. I kind of like how they do that. The play on on cops, like the Samuel Jackson, Dwayne Johnson roles there. Mm-hmm. Um. That feels like it's in the middle of the road. Like it could have been many of his recent films. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck, man! But it's got to relate to Honk for Jesus in a religious no, aspect. No, it's not. I'm. I shouldn't be helping you too much. But has Will has, Ferrell ever played a preacher? No, but he'd be pretty good at he'd, it. He'd be fantastic. Yeah, or like a high school football coach. I could see him playing that too. I mean, he played kicking and screaming. <laughs> Fair soccer Fair. coach for children, but Fair. not high school. He did play a coach. Was that me? A Freudian slip, giving you the answer. Oh shit! No, I think it was the other guy's final guess. Incorrect, Ty. That is the movie Semi Pro. Oh yeah, Semi Pro. I didn't even think about it. Which has like a thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a long time. Bad ratings for a film. Good film. I remember laughing at it a lot. Now the one I was going to review. Do you think this would have been too much of a giveaway? I didn't realize the final two words. It's though it isn't the funniest Will Ferrell film. The laughs keep on coming right up to the final buzzer. I oh, when yeah. I reread it, final buzzer, buzzer would have gave like, it away. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck, buzzer would have gave it away. The movie it, it's a weird film. 
um, the scene where the one guy has the gun. I don't know if you remember this. They're at a poker table. Yeah. And he pulls out a gun. He's like, oh, it's not loaded. I just carry it around. And he's like pulling the trigger, pulling the trigger. And they're like pointing at their heads, pulling the trigger like, ha, ha, ha. And then the one guy pulls and just shoots someone. Yeah. And like the arm on accident. It's the funniest shit ever. Well, there's also the don't look into my eyes with the eyeliner. Yep. There's yep. a love me sexy. Fantastic. It, it's it's a slop fest, but it's a Will Ferrell slop fest. So it's it's the best kind of slop fest. Um, there was another one in here that was funny. Um, where the hell is it? God damn it! I I lost it. Oh, here we go. For diehard Feral fans, this could be the ultimate test. He has been playing variations of Elf for five years, and his antics have grown as stale as Jackie socks. Variations of bad Elf. take. Now, what do you think this has in Rotten Tomatoes, Ty? This I think doesn't count, but like a thirty percent. It's at twenty-two. Thirty-eight audience, so people. Don't you said you said thirty percent earlier. I oh, thought I? so. I was just going <laughs> off what you said. I probably did say that. Um, twenty-two critics, twenty-two, thirty-eight audience. That's crazy. Thirty is the it's average. Not a bad of film. Numbers. It's not a bad film at all. But is it though? I haven't watched it in a long time. Am I? If I rewatched it, if we rewatched it, would we be like, oh, this is actually pretty bad? Maybe. But also, like, there's plenty of good to take away from it. Like, I think on our scale, it couldn't score lower than a 50 because we're going to get the laughs out of it. <laughs> I need to rewatch Talladega Nights. I've seen that movie 500 times in my life. It's yeah. been too long, though. I was trying to think of, like, fantasy football names for my teams. Mm. And I was like, let me see if there's any Talladega Nights quotes just to, like, because I love that movie. And I, I was literally laughing reading the fucking They're Talladega the best. Nights There's so quotes. many good ones. <laughs> That's, how That's an endless list that is going to bring you so much joy. Oh, such a good film. Um, all right, next week, Pinocchio, D23 yeah. talk. Ty, that's all I got for you. Um, that's usually I what I stole your thing. Yeah, that's kind of what I say. I say, oh, next week it's Pinocchio. We're doing this. Watch it. Yeah. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.